Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners, we are back for another riveting episode of the Freedom Challenge Online. I'm so grateful that you're joining us today. And this month, we are doing something a little different. In honor of Father's Day, we're bringing in some dudes onto the podcast. And as you know, we are a community of women that come together to advocate for other women and children around the globe. And in June, we are recognizing and honoring the significant role that men take in our ability to do what we do at Freedom Challenge. We need our brothers advocating with us. And whether that is a husband that's releasing his his lovely wife to go on a hike or a mission trip or a father that's encouraging and building up his daughter. It could be a man who's just generously giving on behalf of a woman that they support or know, or a pastor or a leader that encourages a woman to participate in Freedom Challenge. We're so grateful for the men who have come alongside this ministry. So on our last episode, we got to hear from Gabriel Marcus, and he joined us all the way from Greece. We talked about the different layers of fatherhood and the value of men advocating and standing with women. I got to say, it was a really insightful episode, so I encourage you to head back to episode 41. Can you believe it? 41 episodes. This is our 42nd. And have a listen. So this day, I am really, really excited to have Chris Williams join us. Who is Chris Williams, you say? He is famous in the Freedom Challenge circles because he is the husband of a brilliant team member, Caris Williams, who is the Freedom Challenge program manager. Many of you know her. All of you love her. And together, they are a power couple. And Chris, really, truly, I was so excited to have him with us because he has modeled what it looks like for a man to be a freedom brother. And he empowers and supports his wife and others, but really his wife and her advocacy for women and children through the Freedom Challenge. So really thrilled to have you, Chris. Welcome. Can you introduce yourself, share a little bit about what you do, what you're passionate about, and maybe even a fun fact? Yeah. um, Thank you for having me, first and foremost, Tracy and Freedom Challenge. Uh, What do I do? I serve uh, Operation Mobilization um, as a Senior Director of Human Resources. Um, What is something that I'm passionate about? Man, I like to see people just developed um, and invested in uh, because it's just this beautiful outcome that you get to be a part of. Um, and then another thing, I just, I love food a lot um, and I'm probably <laughs> the pickiest person you'll ever meet. So it's weird to love food and be picky at the same time. And then yeah. probably a fun fact, uh, 
we just did a road trip throughout the majority of the U.S. and I bought a pair of my first pair of hiking boots. Woo! You're in the yes. club now, Chris. You're yes. in the club. <laughs> I love that you and your wife love food because I feel like whenever I'm with you, you introduce me to something pretty fabulous. And matter of fact, I was with your wife just last week and we went to a fabulous restaurant in which I felt like I was lifting my hands in praise for the meal that she helped me uh, get. It was, I think it was an Ecuadorian sandwich and it just like, it sent me to the moon. So the two of you and your food, I love it. And for those of you who heard Chris talk about his role in Operation Mobilization, uh, if you do not know, Freedom Challenge is a ministry that engages women on behalf of Operation Mobilization. So all of the projects that support women and children that are vulnerable throughout the world are ministries of Operation Mobilization, are partnerships. So Freedom Challenge gets to support, advocate for, fundraise, tell the story for those ministries that bring restoration and rescue, prevention and development of women and girls. So that is how Chris is tied into this great ministry. I'm so grateful for it. And with that, Chris, would you tell us your OM story? Everyone has one. How did you get to this place? Yeah, huh. mine I think is complex, but it's so crazy because God's like so rooted in there. Um, it actually started in beautiful South Florida, uh, my wife has just always been um, an advocate for 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 the least of these, right? For people who are just subjected to just the atrocities of the world, um, and in in a voice for for uh, anti human trafficking. And so she's putting on this event, um, and just a lot of things are going on. And uh, she asked Tracy to be a part of this event. And Chris always speaks so highly of Tracy, and I'm like, oh, I finally get to meet Tracy, and it. And all this stuff goes on. Tracy goes on the stage. There's a, b- a bunch of women on stage. And matter of fact, they host this first women's event. And I won't name the place or whatever. But people's lives were radically impacted. Um, and from there, so I'm like, oh, who's this lady? My wife is, a, I think, a Freedom Challenge ambassador at that time. And uh, she comes to this place where she's just graduated school. And she's just like, I need to be boots on the ground. My wife's a very direct person. And she knows what God's called her to do. And she reaches mm-hmm. out to Tracy because she just trusts Tracy and her wisdom and her faithfulness. She trusts you, Tracy. Um, <laughs> and I, you probably don't remember this phone call, but Chris and I were on the phone with you. It was at nighttime. It was probably in, in your time. And just like, man, what does God have in store? And you guys start talking. It's crazy. We pray. Actually, you know, we're in Puerto Rico for a wedding and Chris's interview for Freedom Challenge. And I'm like, I don't mind Freedom Challenge. I don't want Georgia. Like <laughs> just being, and, and from that we're in Puerto Rico, and I'm like, there's no way I'm moving out of South Florida to go to to Georgia. And it's crazy, the Lord like radically just like at that moment just gave me this peace. I end up in in Georgia, working still from the place that I was at. And OM was looking for someone to serve in HR, and I'm like, I'm done with the nonprofit world. Um, they don't need me. I want to be in the world. I want to be in the mud because <laughs> I like human resources, and people will come to know Jesus. And it's crazy. I had an opportunity at, at a couple organizations. Um, they took me to the 34th floor in the corner, said, here's your office. I was like, yes, this is where I want to be. Literally, I'm driving down to OM. I'm cutting the story very short. And uh, 
don't do this, but I'm on my phone trying to text my wife <laughs> about while I'm driving that I, that I got some job offers. My phone slips out underneath from my hand and goes underneath the chair. I did not go and reach for it because that's how accidents happen, right? Um, and from there, I was like, I don't know how to get to Tyrone, Georgia from Atlanta. So I'm driving and my wife's number's plugged in and I was like, ah, how do I get there? She directs me to the place. So now I'm talking to who my now boss is at OM. She's like, oh, she, we think it'd be great if you considered working for us. And the Lord had did something to me while I was on this drive. And he's like, you will be working at OM. And I kind of threw a fit. <laughs> you know, when I went in there, I was like, I'm going to tell them I'm not doing it. And as I'm talking to them, <laughs> oh, what? let's just call it for what it is. I think I'm supposed to be here as well. And I was offered the job two years ago, and it's been a blessing since. Oh, I never tire of hearing that story. And yes, I remember every part of it. Because it was so significant to us how much uh, your wife, Caris, has impacted the ministry. But then, Chris, how much excellence and professionalism you have brought to Operation Mobilization during this time. So I've loved watching your Miami Spice Girl come to Georgia and you guys settling in and contributing and being all in wherever God finds you. And uh, it's something I really admire about both of you and watching the way that you partner together in life and ministry is both inspiring. And every married couple or every uh, married person that hears this, this couple is walking in unity and kingdom thinking. And I just really honor and respect you for that. So here's the question. Mm Because we want to know, you've been on the front row seat to your wife's many faceted story in which mm-hmm. Freedom Challenge happens to be one. And so I would enjoy hearing how you have seen your wife transformed through the years as she has participated in Freedom Challenge. And that has been at varying levels of commitment. So what have you seen happen in your wife? or even other women that you've been connected to through the Freedom Challenge? Wow. Um, yeah, so one thing that's that's really cool, that I, I'm still learning. I just had some wise men just speak into my life early about what it means to have unity. I'm wise men and women, I'm sorry, speak into my life about what unity looks like in marriage. Um, and there's mm-hmm. this space of like... Um, uh, uh, this beautiful challenge to each other to say, hey, I want to see the best from you and for you and vice versa. So I, I I met my wife overseas. We were both in the military and she's just always determined and a very matter of fact, and I'm doing this because God said so, so I don't need your affirmation. And, and that's, that's like, that's a, that's, it's difficult for a lot of people to hear, especially in the military male dominated place where it's like women only do this. Uh, and I just watched my wife. She's a trailblazer. Like I could dig into that. Yes. There's so much meat there, but she pretty much was <laughs> to some people. It's like, who is this girl? Like what? And you got to think 19 year old Carice in the military doing mm-hmm. so well that she put herself in a position to be above men who've been in the military for 10 years. She's just a hard worker. And, and you're like, why here? She's like, God told me to. That is not the popular answer. God told me to, especially amongst people. Uh, and I, I seen this determination in this very intelligent woman who who, who just doesn't bend to the bend to the things that that would trouble anyone else, right? Uh, and then we we have this journey all throughout the world. And um, 
my wife is always, she's trusted God in a different way. She's been obedient in a different way. Um, but she's, when I keep saying she's a matter of fact person, there's a space of learning to, to grow graciously um, and, and with mercy. And I, mm-hmm. I would say that my wife is, is definitely very merciful, far more merciful than me. And people would think it's vice versa. My wife will forgive you. Um, mm-hmm. She will long suffer with you. I've just watched her walk through circumstances with people who struggle with so many different things in life. And she's been consistent with them. And that's, that's, that's like consistency is not a trait that most people carry, to be honest with you. We're, we're very whimsical, if you will. So if we're hungry, mad or sad, we'll make a decision differently. My wife is mm-hmm. pretty consistent in the way she treats people, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you know the Lord or you don't, whether you hate people or love people, she's just going to be consistent with you. And I've, I've watched her come into Georgia, which is a very different culture than Miami. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched her engage people. And then Freedom Challenge, and this is going to sound like this shameless plug, but Tracy, your leadership, right? Um, this investment um, into her spiritually. So I've watched mm-hmm. my wife grow in this capacity. So uh, to, I don't know how many ears are out there. For, for, for minorities, I'll say, and I hate to generalize like this, but hiking mountains is not necessarily the thing, right? Right. Um, it's it's just not. Um, so some people may get mad, but that's okay. It's just not in my context. And I am a minority. Right? Um, and so my wife is like, I'm going to climb a mountain. I got hiking boots. And some friends are like, what? Yeah. You know, what? <laughs> and for some reason, the way she gets to share the gospel, she gets to speak towards advocating to those who are not advocated for. She gets to show how very real God is um, and how very God, uh, how very real God is in the midst of trial and everything's bigger than her. You just get to watch humility. You get to watch sacrifice. You get to watch someone who says this, Lord, you're going to use me to do what? Okay, I'm willing. That's a mm. difficult place and a different, that's just a difficult space to, to operate from. And I recognize that. And I'm like, man, my wife has just grown. Again, she's more gracious. She's willing. She's merciful. She's loving. Man, she's she opens her South Florida, Northeast culture. You don't really open your door for anyone, right? My wife now has people in the house. Like, this is a big deal. <laughs> There's people who, who come. We don't meet you out at dinner. You come over now. It's just these growing things that have just opened the door for opportunity. Where now she has friends that would have probably never climbed a mountain before. Now training in different places of the U.S. to get ready to go climb a mountain. This is just beautiful. And, and from what I know has happened to my wife while she's hiked on, on some of these trails or these mountains, uh, man, the Lord's about to do some radical things with people's lives. So, I mean, long-winded answer, but I just seen people's lives radically change just by obedience. So this is crazy. I love your long-winded answer. And it wasn't that long-winded because there's a lot to brag about yeah. with your wife and all of the things that you just said, you both have now, I would say you've got that Southern hospitality and <laughs> I, I'm, it's been fun to watch. And I appreciate what uh, has happened in, and to your point about just the diversity and her sort of pulling in what we really long to have a representation of the fullness of what God's kingdom looks like mm. in age and, you know, people of color and backgrounds and different places in the world. And I, and I really think that she has had such beautiful influence and insight and graciousness on how to do that wrapped in God's heart. And it is something I've really appreciated about her in all the places that she's touched in leadership. And you've done that as well, Chris. So I'm grateful. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. All of it's true. 
So um, when I spoke with Gabby, I don't know if you've met Gabby Marcus before, but he is um, in leadership in Greece. One of the questions I asked him and I thought I wanted to bring to the table with you was around this idea of Proverbs 31. Mm. And I, I asked him to share his perspective and I'll ask you to do the same. But first, I think it's interesting to be reminded that oftentimes when we think of Proverbs 31, especially women, mm-hmm. we can either be guilted by reading it or feel like, who is this man, male chauvinist who's making this big, long list of things about how he wants his wife to be? You know, there's mm-hmm. like these contrasts mm-hmm. of how we digest that information. I'm pretty sure that God intended neither of those, that Mm. this passage is wrapped in his heart for his intention, the value that he sees in women and the partnership between men and women. So Proverbs 31 is basically, you can see at the beginning, verse one, it says, these are the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. So for all of us listening, whenever we read this passage and we start going into, look at this list, you need to be reminded that actually this was by influence of a mother who was saying to her husband or her son, a king, here is what a king should be like. Here's what he uses his power in the world to do. Here is how an asset of a virtuous woman as a partner in life will add value and strength to the union that God brings together. So when you frame it differently, it has a full different emotional um, way of impacting your heart and motivating you. So the passage goes on to says, my son, son of my vows, she goes on to say, do not give your strength to women. That's a great advice. This will destroy kings. We all know that. Um, And then it goes on to say, don't be drunk with wine. Use your power to decree and stand on behalf of those who have been afflicted. And goes on to say, stand for the destitute. Open your mouth for those without a voice. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Mm. So, Chris, whenever I read this, I think about a mother, which I am, of two sons. I think about all the words that I have spoken to them to call them up to, we don't have kings now, but I think certainly in the kingdom, we have men of influence Mm. who have stature and the ability to influence culture and to shift environments with their God-given strength. So here's this mom's heart saying, son, here's what to do with your strength. You don't use power for yourself. You use it to bring about God's heart in righteousness. And women are not a tool for you to dispose of or have as a commodity, but instead they're a part of your partnership, sort of this co-heir vision. And so I love this passage. It's so misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And in a world that is kind of male shaming, Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have a place. You've used your power too long. You're the problem with women. You're the one that's marginal. You know all that. We're hearing it constantly. This is not the way of the kingdom of God. So I look at this and I say there is space for men, let's say kings, influencers, mm-hmm. to come in and use their power and voice on behalf of 
And God's heart is not to mend shame, to marginalize. Matter of fact, we need our brothers and leaders to stand alongside and to come in with their influence. So that's my whole soapbox, Chris. Gabby and I talked about it as well, but would you speak into that? What do you see? What do you feel as a man? What does God put in your heart when I say these words from Proverbs 31 to you? Yeah, man, there's so much. Like I feel like this could be its own. (laughs) Here's here's one thing I could say. Like I come from brokenness. I've never seen my mother and father married before, right? Um, I grew up part part of my life with my mom, and then my dad remarried to my other mom. Stepmom to me is an irrelevant term because she was definitely a mom. Man, and they they were not believers. And my dad instilled in me, man, the golden rule really how you treat people mm-hmm. um and what what comes in that and, and is an identity statement and i learned this now like i look back and i learned this now i'm like who do i belong to right and there's out of isaiah um 43 it says fear not for i redeemed you i've called you by your name you are mine mm-hmm. and god called me he said i, I belong to him so at mm-hmm. that point i know out of galatians i no longer live christ lives in me so that means the way I look at people, the way I treat people, the way I talk to people, the way I identify, the way I walk through this world is as a child of the Most High. So therefore, the way I interact with people has to come from a place of being this city on the hill, the salty of them all, right? Like I have to be the aroma of Christ. Man, we've it's interesting from someone who didn't grow up in the church and you see how there's the, the men shaming, there's women shaming. It's just this weird space. Man, men, we have an opportunity to reclaim what God has has has, has ordained. Uh, mm-hmm. We have we have an opportunity to empower. Man, I, I can only speak from my own circumstances. Uh, I love walking through life with my wife. I love to encourage my wife to pray for my wife to look at the world and say, Lord, what do you want with our hands to be to tackle this world? So the mm-hmm. reason my wife is only good to be in the kitchen or my wife is only, and I'm supposed, it's just such a backwards way of thinking. Um, mm. Man, like, Lord, what do you have for us? And, and, and I almost guarantee that if <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, but please hear this as an encouragement. If we spent more time on our knees and asking the Lord, what does he want to do with this? How will he use us? When is he going to use us? What breaks his heart? We just leave that space different. I, I just, I, I think, I just think we leave that space differently. And, and at that point, I am no longer worried about my identity from man's eyes, but my identity in Christ. And I know to whether a believer or non-believer is listening to this podcast, you may say, "Oh, that's cliche," or what? But like, really, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? And it, and I had to, I have to do this with myself: Do I see Christ or do I see someone else? And so, a lot of times, we look in the mirror and we see someone else, and now we're trying to create an identity. Mm. And I, and that's that's where the problem is. It's different when you're confident in who you are, um, and it's, it's different when you <laughs> when you're able to. In verse nine, of the same the same area it says, "Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend rights, mm. the poor and the needy." Like there, there's bigger issues, man. If we 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 dream about like man, a perfect world would look like this. I think a perfect world would look like obedient people to their father. I think a perfect world would look like those who submit themselves to the will of the Father. I just, I just think we could see these things if we looked at people as image bearers, um, if we looked at ourselves as image bearers, and the responsibility that comes with that, and how rich it is. And if you have had this experience of knowing the Father, 
you remember who you were and not who you are. And there's something that happened that made you say, I'm not letting go of this. There's something beautiful with abiding in the father. So I hope I answered your question, but I, to me, I'm, man, it's just. Yeah. I, you answered it wonderfully, Chris. I love the identity piece because like when we know whose we are and what he's calling us to, it changes everything. We're no longer jockeying for control or power over or dominance, but this beautiful co-heirs made in the image of God, utilizing what God has put in our lives on behalf of the King. And this idea of men being rooted in their identity, therefore being able to be obedient to their father. It's the core issue. And the fact is, is we need, in the Freedom Challenge, we're an organization of women coming together on behalf of women and children in the world, but it is not exclusive to, um, you know, there's a statement that we're hearing, the future is female. But I would say, no, that's very cultural. The future is male and female. Both image bearers are needed on planet Earth to accomplish what God has for restoration, for the flourishing of humanity. And when we can see each other in that way, with the identity like you spoke of, Mm. sort of this reparented identity, which is so beautiful, you shared, things will change and shift. And um, so thank you for just speaking into that. Mm. I really wanted to hear what your thoughts were. And I appreciate your insight. So, um, Chris, we would consider you at the Freedom Challenge, not our mascot, but a manscot. Any (laughs) man that is like wanting to come into this space with all of this estrogen and all of this womanhood (laughs) is a manscot. And we are so grateful for that. And um, I'm also really excited if those of you are listening, Chris and Chris are considering leading a Moldova trip next year, summer 2022, if all things come together, it would be a trip that would invest in uh, boys that are vulnerable and girls that are vulnerable. And I'm really excited about exploring that with you guys. I'm grateful for um, your consideration in that. But I would like to hear one of the favorite stories that you've heard from Carice through the years about Freedom Challenge. Like it could be anything, something. I know she led the Philippines. She's She's been out there. Is there a, a certain story that you would want to share or even an anticipation about the idea of going on this trip with your wife to Moldova? Huh. I'd love to have you speak into that. Yeah. Well, a couple of things. Like for one, I'm, I would say, man, it's not fair. You guys have all, you guys, community doing things in community is fun. And like HR is not necessarily where people would go to to have fun, right? It's just like HR, no. And I look at you guys, I'm like, it's not fair in general. And then, so all of the experiences, but the thing that I will always gravitate to is, is food. So she <laughs> went to the Philippines. Um, I love Filipino food. Like I, I love it. So if any listeners are Filipino background, like I love Ponset. I love lumpia. Like I love Filipino spaghetti. I, like I love it, right? So uh, I love bulalu. Like I, I, I love it. Um, I lived in Southern California for a long time, so I just immerse myself in the Filipino culture. So my wife gets to go to the Philippines, and then she goes. She did not have a huge experience in the Filipino culture because it's not a huge Filipino population in Miami. 
Um, and she goes and this, the stories that I would say that grabbed her, that changed her, that brought her back uh, richer. And she probably, the way I received her stories is probably not the way she intended on when she told them to me. But so you have, she went on a trip with um, just uh, women, right? Obviously, but just from different backgrounds, sisters to an, to an other, an elderly, elderly lady, um, someone her same age. And they go to this Island and they're, they're hiking this mountain and it's, like there's just so much going on. It's, it's island temperature, so it's hot. And then they, they have to sleep on the ground. And all this that people say, this is why I don't go to a place where there's not, <laughs> it's not first world. Here's the beautiful part, the food. Oh man. So she's, as she's telling me the food I'm picturing, I'm like, I want to be at this table. She's like, oh, they first, they brought out the snack and the snack, they didn't know it was a snack. So everyone's eating this food. They're killing it. And they're just like, oh, the food is delicious. And that was the snack. And then they're like, wait, oh, there's more. And they bring out another set of food. Like, what are you doing? Like, this, we thought this was dinner. Like, no, this was the snack. And as she's describing the meals, I'm just looking at her like, this is not fair. And so like, <laughs> pause with me for a second. Forget the whole spiritual piece of this. I'm focused on the food. And I'm like, it's not fair. She's sharing the story. Like, oh, I got to try all this food. And I got to be around people. The girls in the school who sang to us. And they made this thing for me. And yeah, God's doing great things. And she's developing these great memories. And I'm still stuck at the table. There, <laughs> you got to get just eat and then eat and eat. And then she, my wife is a fish. She loves the water, so she's like, they just got to spend time in the ocean, in, in the camaraderie. And my wife came back uh, wiser, right? She came back with a, a different perspective on life. Again, you got to think about it. They went to a place where, from a Western first world perspective, we would say, "Oh man, I pity or I feel bad." or I wish I could have. And they got to be around community who are not probably considering their everyday experiences, why they cannot serve the Lord, but why they should. So her mm. perspective just completely changed. She came back and said, man, like, why do I have an excuse why I can't serve? Why do I have an excuse why I cannot celebrate? Why do I have an excuse why I can't exalt our father's name? Why can I not be grateful and, and gracious in the things that he has me? And so of course, because me and my wife, we literally walk like in, in step where like we are best friends. That's just contagious. So while I'm lazy and I want to sit down on the couch and my wife's like, Hey man, we could pray. You know, we really could mm-hmm. worship. Hey, we can really put on uh, on our boots and go hike another mountain or to go do a trail and prepare. I'm like, Oh man, I just want to lay down and just keep thinking about the food. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just, if you know me, you know, I just want to eat. Like if I ever meet any of you, we're probably going to eat. Tracy said it to me and I just like to eat, to eat. It's beautiful. Um, yeah, I just, the Philippines was probably the most powerful one, but then it's crazy because as I'm talking, I'm thinking about uh, Colorado. Yeah. Beautiful thing. I'm thinking of California. Beautiful. I'm just thinking of these trails and the women. Uh, man, I don't know if this is a promotional podcast, but for some reason, my wife comes back with the best of friends and lifelong mm-hmm. friends. Uh, and so the community is beautiful. And I, why would you not want to see your wife happy uh, and truly happy and experiencing joy? away from the material things, but in the things that really feed her soul and spirit. So, yeah. So good. I mean, it's turning into a promotion, but I love it. (laughs) And Chris, I got to say to you, I have one of my life, I have like four little rules of life. And one of them is never waste a meal. And so I'm with you on the food, but even greater than that is this idea of communion and fellowship at the table. So we can turn all of that 
food loving into the activity of what it is when you break bread with fellow believers or with others across from one another, enjoying generous meals, taste, and heart-to-heart sharing. I think that your longing is for that communion piece. And I know so much of that happens in these moments where it's not maybe literally the, the, you know, the bread and the cup, but it's the bigger picture of what's happening when we have shared memories together around this common fellowship of the gospel, which is a powerful component in the world. And um, so never waste a meal. I'm with you. And again, um, for those of you who might be interested in going to Moldova next summer, 2022, there's information or at least a sign-up list on uh, the Freedom Challenge website. You could put your name on there and you'll be hearing more about that as life opens up and starts to get some rhythms. So, all right, two more questions, brother. Why do you think that this ministry is so important to the bigger picture of Operation Mobilization in this season? Engaging Mm -hmm. women around this purpose of modern day slavery. Oh, man, there's so many answers to this. I mean, from a professional standpoint, it's almost like when you're in HR, when you're recruiting and you're trying to get someone to understand what you do. I'm always reluctant to reluctant to say freedom challenge because everyone wants to be a part of freedom challenge because you just start sounds like, man, they do these physical challenges. They raise funds to support and you go on and in anti trafficking like, oh, how do I do that? I'm like, no, no, no. But I need you to work in finance. Right? Like, there's this yes. But the beautiful thing is that, yeah, everyone could be a part of it. And this is why I think it's important to operate operation. Organization right now. Um, so we do have this cause statement, our mission statement, if you will, um, to see vibrant communities of Jesus followers amongst the least least reached. Um, so there's a couple things that I will point out. Vibrant communities, where does that start? Um, I can tell you vibrant communities, yeah, it can happen with men, but there's something special when the, the fruitfulness, the gifting, the way women are wired are involved, something, it just looks better. I mean, don't ask me to throw a party. It just won't, it'll just be a bag of Doritos and some juice. Like, you know, it's just not, it's not the same. So my, when I, when I think about my wife's, uh, impact in Freedom Challenge, Freedom Challenge's impact on my wife, and then how it pours over into our life, and then how it pours over into other countries. I'm like, man, people's advocacy is a big thing. And the other thing I mm. want to point out is access. Um, every person creates just this, this space of access to where the gospel can enter in for lives to be changed, right? So Freedom Challenge does that by taking a niche space of saying, hey, women, let's get together and do a physical challenge. Already in that just comes beautiful things, right? From uh, restoration, from love, from healing, from all these things that God gets to do in this community. But then Mm. the thing about vibrancy is it doesn't stay in one place. It just has this ripple effect to impact others. And then I want to focus on that other spaces, the least reach, areas that you would not ever consider going. Right. So, and what does that mean? Yes, for OM, this is to certain areas among, around the world, but even to women who may not even know the Lord or this is new to them, like climbing a mountain is a new space. Uh, going to another state, this is this is new. Um, how do you create vibrancy in a least reached area for that mm. person, or even for the gospel to enter in where the Lord shows up? It is critical that the work that OM 
and that that freedom challenge does it's it's mission critical especially freedom challenge there's a call on every person who's a part of freedom challenge um yeah. those who work directly and those who who choose to partner and to climb it, it's the, the climb is bigger than you i haven't done a climb yeah. with you but it's bigger than you and your life will be changed and lives will be changed in the stories that you'll share will inspire others um, to do more. It, it's, it's, I can just go on and on and on, but it, it's just a beautiful thing um, to yeah. witness. That's yeah. good. I, I do believe that um, women engaging in this topic, using their influence for the mission of OM, as you shared, is is really important. I mean, women are half the world. And so having a place to meaningfully contribute mm. And give, but also build in this sort of dual, you're growing and changing. But as you do that, the gift is being given to the world. It's very unique in that sense. Mm -hmm. And um, thank you for wrapping it so beautifully in the OM mission. Mm -hmm. So as we close out, how would you encourage Freedom Sisters that are listening? What would you say to them and the men that, um, you know, maybe listening to this and bait, what's my part? What's my role? How, how do you see that looking? What would be your encouragement for the sisters? And then for those men, what role can they play in a largely female ministry? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Men first, if if I can do that, uh, and then women. Men, um, married or not married, um, man, you you see it. You see the brokenness in the world. Uh, there's a call on your life. Uh, hmm. It's bigger than you. Your hands were made for something. And and here's what I do know as a guy: something happens to us when we don't get to use our hands. We kind of feel inadequate. Um, but sometimes that's a choice to not use our hands. When we choose to ask the father what breaks his heart and we read his word, we know what breaks his heart. How do we use our physical being to be present in that, to make sure that we're advocating for those things? Um, What does it mean to support your wife if she is um, part of Freedom Challenge or getting ready to climb? Uh, Buy your first pair of boots. Man, that's buy your first pair pair of boots. And there's something beautiful that happens when you climb um, with your spouse, but there's also something powerful that happens uh, while you're in nature, God's creation. Mm. It, I'm not, what is it? Psalms 24, uh, the earth is the Lord's and, and the fullness thereof. Like be a part of that. Watch the Lord yes. just show up. You just choose to be present in there. There's a, man, like men, there's something for you when you choose to jump in and to be present with your spouse um, for a couple of things. For one, because... Trafficking is just, it's, it's, it's horrible, right? Um, but how do, you, how do you partner with, how do you advocate? How do you also say other men, hey, this is what's not acceptable. Here's mm-hmm. us raising the banner saying, we will protect our sisters. We will protect young men. We will protect, we'll protect each other. That's, that's what the power is used for, for protection. How do we protect um, women? If, if, if I can say this as encouragement, um, you're encouraging me by, by your faithfulness because I know what comes with preparing. Um, that's an encouragement, but here's something. Uh, a gentleman left this with me some years ago. Um, he said, Chris, you have access to the world that other people don't. And I didn't understand what he was saying and I do now, and now I have to own it. So I'm saying the same thing, especially in this world now where we have so many different isms. 
like women, you have access. Uh, you have access to a space that I don't, um, that many people don't. You have access. And what do you choose to do with that access? So that means you have access to the most wealthiest person. You have access to the, to the poorest person. You have access to the sickest person. You have access to the most broken person. You have access to people in general, women in general. And if we just look at scripture, we see how powerful women have been used to save nations. You have access. Uh, man, you, you are an image bearer. People's lives will be changed. And just think about that vibrancy and that ripple effect that pours out out of your access and out of your obedience and faithfulness to our Father. Praise God that you choose to participate in Freedom Challenge. And then I, more importantly, I just have a prayer over you that, that mm. you would just receive everything that God has in store for you. Like that's most important over anything. I just pray that as you, as you get away, I was just sharing with this uh, the other day about that holy space where Moses had to kick off his sandals in front of the burning bush. Like let that climb be holy ground. Let the Lord speak to you um, and be ready for action. Mm. I, I just, I, man, I'm sorry, but I just, I really think <laughs> the access mm. that you have will change this world for, for what we dream of, uh, for what we think, what we await for in heaven. Uh, so praise God and thank you for, for your faithfulness. And I hope that's encouraging. So encouraging. And Chris, could I invite you just to pray your heart out over specifically the John Muir Trail Relay Race, which starts in July, mm. just that faith-filled heart over that trip. Would you mind doing that? Yeah, thank what you. What a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Oh, Father. Um, hmm. These are your women, Father. Uh, this is your land. These are your daughters. Whoever that one is, Father, I mean, there's all of them, but whoever that one is that that you're calling who may be saying no for a lot of reasons in, in, in this trip, I just pray for the yes. I pray for the person who says there's no way I will believe in such a Jesus that John Muir be, be the place where they get to encounter your faithfulness. I pray for the person who's rejected you because of life circumstance, Father, that they get to experience you. I pray for those who are going through just hurt, that community, um, that sisterhood in your name is present. Man, I pray, I pray, Father, for those who are ill, who may be just any kind of ill, anything, Father. You're the healer. Mm. You're that. Oh, man, I just pray for the, I pray for that trip to just be this smooth. I pray for the challenge, Father, absolutely. But I, but I also just pray for it to be this time of just this the operation piece to be smooth, Father. That the focus is you, that the focus is your heart for your daughters, Father. Uh, I pray for relationships. Mm. Father, I pray for I pray for lifelong relationships. Man, I I just know in this last year people have just felt so alone. Praise God that you're that you praise you, Father, that you're faithful and you say that we're not meant to be through this alone. Like your promises still stand. Oh man, community is a beautiful thing, Father, and I just pray that the experience is well worth it, Father, and I just pray that more women, more men, more resources more protection, more education. Uh, we want to see an end to the things that break your heart, Father. We want to see an end to trafficking, Father. We want to see an end to hurt. But in the meantime, Father, we just, we rely on you. We trust you, Father. I mean, you took it all at the cross. You took it all at the cross, Father. Oh, man, may this experience, may this trail, may this trip. Uh, hmm. Just bless your daughters, Father. Bless and keep them. 
May they get to experience you, Father. May they get to understand what love looks like. May they feel what belonging looks like. And I'm grateful for your cross, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Woo! Time well spent, Mr. Chris Williams. Freedom, brother, wise man, big heart. I'm so grateful for this time we've had together. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. What an honor. Yeah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen and listeners for joining us to get today. And until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible. You can do it, friends, and do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.